Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, yeah. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me. It'll take you up to 10 o'clock here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. Plenty to get to. Terps, big time action tonight at home against Northwestern as they try to get geared up for this Big Ten tournament. Busy night around the Beltway. Caps 8-3 losers last night. But I want to get right into it, man. We are so close to draft time in the National Football League. Lots of rumors starting to come out of Indianapolis this week at the NFL Scouting Combine. And I wanted to give you the latest here real quick. Obviously, the Chicago Bears with that number one overall pick control, really from my vantage point, the entire NFL draft. If you are Ryan Poles, if you are the Chicago Bears, you are in the premium position right now when it comes to the NFL offseason. They've got Buku cap space. They've got two picks within the top 10. You heard Peter King on there with Grant and Danny toward the end of the show. We know the bombshell that he put out in his final column uh, of his career. Is that a situation that actually comes to fruition? Is that something that actually gets put in wax? Do the Chicago Bears actually make the decision to move off of this number one pick. I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks that we would find out a hell of a lot about the future of that number one pick once the combine came around. Still don't really know much about what Chicago plans to do with that number one overall pick. I give tons of credit to Ryan Poles, the general manager, and to Matt Eberflus, the head coach, because when you have to take the podium and when you have to do media availability, when, when clearly... You don't want to tip your hand. It's a, diff- it's a difficult task. It's hard to try and get up there and not lie. And I understand we probably get told lies all the time at the podium, especially this time of year. A lot of people dub it lying season. To me, though, I've said this for the entirety of the offseason. I do not think the decision for Chicago is that difficult. But the one thing I do give Bears general manager Ryan Poles credit for is being open and honest about keeping all of their options open. They have been super transparent about, look, yeah, we have Justin Fields under contract. We don't want to keep him in the dark too much longer. Yes, we have the number one overall pick. But we haven't made a decision yet on what we're going to do at the quarterback position. Chris, if you got it ready, Ryan Poles talking yesterday to the local media about what's next for the Chicago Bears. 
You guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. It's Ryan Poles telling it how a T.I. is. We're going to make the best decision possible for the organization. And this is what we expected from Chicago. The more and more I look at this thing, it feels like I'm playing the role of a contrarian. It feels like I'm going against what everyone else wants to do or what everyone else thinks that Chicago could do. My thing is this when it comes to the decision that Chicago has to make here. And Peter King laid this out elaborately. Loved the conversation he was having with Grant and Danny. You have an opportunity here, if you're Ryan Poles, to really revamp this roster and, in this draft, right, and get premium capital in next year's draft. And people are going to say, well, Lanell, the opportunity to draft a franchise-altering quarterback at the top of the draft, you just can't pass on that. It's the same conversation we're having here in Washington. You just can't pass on that. What about this? Anyone who feels like the top of this draft is filled with generational talents and all of the quarterback prospects are going to pan out, can I ask you to revisit the 2021 draft class? Can I ask you to revisit that class? I believe it was four first-round quarterbacks, all of which taken within the top 13. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. And if you remember the conversation, if you remember the conversation back in 2021 surrounding those cats at the top of the draft, it was a lot of the, the, the adjectives that you're hearing right now to describe this quarterback class. Can't miss, generational, franchise-altering. And I've been on the record championing for Caleb Williams, saying that I think he is the clear-cut best guy. But with that being said, still a crapshoot. And I know Commander's Twitter has been in an absolute frenzy here in the past 24 hours because Washington, just like Ryan Poles, Adam Peters and company doing their damnedest to not tip their hand. But this is what you get during this time of year. This is why this time of year is so damn great. But the more and more I think about it from Chicago's vantage point, we'll get to Washington here in a second. I know that's what you all want to hear my opinion on. The Chicago Bears thing, to me, is probably more fascinating than the situation we currently have here in Washington, and I'll tell you why. If you were the Chicago Bears, if you were the Chicago Bears, as I mentioned, you control this NFL draft. You have two picks within the top 10, and one can make the argument that you don't necessarily need a quarterback. And my thing is this, if you decided last year, right, that you didn't need a quarterback and that you did not want to move forward with uh, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and you wanted to keep things going with Justin Fields, what has changed between last offseason and this offseason? That's my big question mark. That's my big concern. What has changed since last offseason? Justin Fields, okay year this year. Chicago clearly not where they want to be right now offensively or as an organization for that matter. But anyone that's watched Justin Fields the past two seasons, there has been incremental growth each and every year with them. If you are Ryan Poles and company, if you are Matt Eberflus, you have to think that another jump 
should be on the way for Justin Fields. And I really look at it like this. Because I feel like Chicago, Peter King doesn't just put things in his his final column. I, I continue to live and die on that sword. I don't see him just putting that convenient nugget in his final column near the bottom and expect people to just gloss over it. And I know we touched on it with, with G&D, but this is how I look at it. You have the ability, if you're Chicago, to do what you can to build around Justin Fields. You have the opportunity, if you're Chicago, to address every last one of your needs this offseason and get enough draft capital to where you have multiple first-round picks within the next two seasons. Because this is the play if you're Ryan Poles and the Bears. This is what they should be doing. You trade down from number one, and you keep on trading down. Because there are going to be teams that are QB needy. The scenario that Peter King gives in his final column is going down to two with Washington, and then going from two down to eight with the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's a far way to fall, and I wouldn't recommend going down that much. But those are the two moves that can get you premium draft capital here in the next two drafts. And I look at it like this, and I'm doing my best investigative journalism here. Ryan Poles and company doing their damnedest, like I mentioned, to not tip their hand, but they're tipping their hand. Because guess what? If you really felt as if Justin Fields was the problem last year with your offense, if you really felt like Justin Fields was the reason why this Bears offense was in the basement last year, you wouldn't have fired the entire offensive coaching staff. If you felt Justin Fields was the problem, you simply would move on from Justin and keep the continuity for the rest of your offense. But that is not the case here. Luke Getze and that entire offensive coaching staff, blown out. Completely blown out. Enter Zach Robinson and company. So, There is an admission of guilt here from the Chicago Bears as to why things haven't gone the way that they're supposed to with Justin Fields. There just is. You blowing out the coaching staff tells you, and Bears fans, and us Commanders fans here locally as well, everything you need to know about the Justin Fields situation. It just does. I mentioned we got to hear from Bears general manager Ryan Poles out in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. We also got to hear from new Washington commanders, general manager, Adam Peters out at the scouting combine Indian in Indianapolis. He had this to say about Washington doing what your boy has been saying, keeping all options open at that quarterback position. Really Cliff and I haven't talked too much specifically on him. We really just talked about quarterback play in general um, and what he looks for in quarterbacks and how we can find that right fit for him if that's what we're going to do. And certainly that hasn't been decided yet by any stretch of the imagination. We still have a lot of work to do. What we're going to do, whether it's that pick or later, uh, we really like what we have in Sam right now. So we're really excited about that too. I had a uh, great. It's funny. I learned this from John Lynch. When you're sitting in your office all day, you kind of just get in this rut where you're just like it's dark. You got all these weird lights, and you need to get out. So Sam came to the the facility a couple weeks ago and got a chance to hang out. And instead of sitting in my office, we just took a walk. Took a walk around. Uh, uh, Commanders Park and uh, around the fields and got to know him a little bit better. So I feel really good about him too. So um, we got a lot of different things we can do, but still really excited about him. Adam Peters, and the one thing that got me percolating 
He mentioned old slinging Sammy Howell. I've been trying to warn the public. Anyone out there that is writing off Sam Howell at this point, it's way too premature. Anyone out there that feels like Sam Howell, no matter if they draft a quarterback or two or not, if you feel like he's not a part of the equation, you're probably taking crazy pills. This is a young man who all offseason, since AP and Dan Quinn have been hired, every time they're asked about him, nothing but glowing reviews. And I know some of you out there are going to say, well, what do you expect? You expect him to trash the kid? No, I don't. But I think we have to look at this quarterback situation for what it is and really look at the track record of the two guys that are mainly in charge of making the decision. Talking about the new general manager, Adam Peters, and the new head coach, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's worked with Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Dak, uh, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Prescott and Wilson, two later round picks, Matt Ryan, former number one overall pick. So we've seen it done three different ways. You could say the same thing about Adam Peters. One of his first big moves in San Francisco at quarterback was not drafting a guy high. It was trading for a veteran at Jimmy Garoppolo. The second time around, he swung big at the quarterback position, going up and trying to acquire Trey Lance, which they did. We know how that played out. And we also saw him construct a championship roster quarterback by a seventh-round pick. So I've always maintained the same sentiments this offseason when it comes to quarterback. My, my, famous, <laughs> my famous quote and phrase that I've coined here, we're at the mercy of the evaluator. We don't know which way they ultimately will go. But out in Indianapolis this week, you will continue to see, we will continue to see the tea leaves being dropped, little crumbs and nuggets for us to infer on. And my big takeaway after hearing Adam Peters speak this week, after hearing Dan Quinn speak this week, I genuinely think they are exhausting every option when it comes to the quarterback position. And I know that makes some of you fans out there absolutely sick. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be, because if you watch the rest of the teams in the National Football League, you should understand that quarterback team building is not some one-size-fits-all scenario. It's just not. Like I said, both guys have seen it done with different quarterbacks. And you know what I've said about if Washington ultimately decides to take a guy at two, you must have an unwavering belief that that quarterback is the right guy. So, yeah, we can read into what Dan Quinn and Adam Peters are saying right now, but realistically speaking, if you understand the timeline of what's going on here this offseason, there's no way in hell that they should have reached their conclusion at this point in time. And I think if you listen to what they're saying, they're telling you, hey, look, we're just at the beginning of this thing. There's a lot of wood left to chop still. A lot of tape left to grind. Which is why, honestly, I was surprised that Dan Quinn is still out in Indianapolis. Because I know how major it was and how much of a talking point it was about the coaches being in Ashburn, grinding the tape, and getting ready for free agency, which starts in about two weeks. So just based on the way the calendar goes, There's a whole lot of major decisions still left to be made for this group. And I continue to say it. We're at the mercy of the evaluator, meaning 
whichever way they ultimately decide to go, I'm going to be on board with it. Whether it's drafting a guy at two, whether it's trading back in the first round and taking a quarterback, or whether it's them not taking a first-round QB at all. Now, I know that's going to raise people's eyebrows, and I'll admit that taking a quarterback outside of round one probably wouldn't be in their best interest because you don't get that fifth year of control. So that's probably the least likely scenario, one that I'm probably willing to say has no chance in hell of happening. But outside of that, you would be a fool. You would be a fool to think that all options are not still on the table. That's just the way the cookie crumbles at this point. And as we get closer to the draft, pro days will start happening. The interviews are already happening. That's, to me, where we're going to see separation this week is the interview process. And I continue to talk about the USC quarterback that I want here in Burgundy and Gold, Caleb Williams. The interview process, I think, is probably the most important for him. He's got to crush these interviews because guess what? If he doesn't interview well, he doesn't have an agent out there to try and combat the fire that's going to be spewed out about him. He just doesn't. That's the fact of the matter in the situation. So the interview period, huge for Caleb. The interview period, also huge for Jaden Daniels and Drake May as well. But like I continue to say, whatever they ultimately choose to do at the quarterback position, two things here. One, wouldn't count Sam Howell out of the equation. And then two, sit back, relax, and appreciate the process that we're going through. That, that's, to me, what matters the most here. And I'll continue to say it. If you don't have that universal consensus within the building that a quarterback in the first round is your guy, you do not pull the trigger on that type of deal. That's just where we are at this point. Plenty more to get to here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. Y'all know how I get down. Tap it with me all show long. One of two ways. MGM National Harbor Lister lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll continue to talk all things quarterback when it comes to the burgundy and gold as we're getting geared up for April's draft. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, new commanders head coach Dan Quinn joined the sports junkies this morning and did a little bit of word association with the fellas. We'll let you hear that next. This is the fan. Just getting rolling here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking up the 10 o'clock before we hand things over to Bart Winkler and CBS Sports Radio. Programming note for you at about 8.15. About David Harrison set to join the program live from the Combine in Indianapolis. He's got a little bit of an update on a couple of visits that the Washington Commanders uh, have had with prospects out there in Indianapolis. And I'll be honest with you, the position group that they met with kind of gives you a little bit of insight, maybe, as to what the plan is going to be with that number two overall pick. All that coming up at 8.15 uh, when David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast joins us uh, at 8.15 out in Mobile, excuse me, out in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. And I've said it for the last couple of weeks here, it's lying season, right? You hear a bunch of different rumors. All of it leads up to the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And this is the, this is the time and point in the offseason where you start to get a little bit of movement on teams' plans going into free agency, 
team's plans heading into the draft. And this week, no different. All of the media availabilities that you hear from general managers and head coaches out there, I'm still trying to figure out what's real, what's not. Because one thing that I do believe, and this could also you know, end up not being true, when Ryan Poles and Adam Peters, the general managers for Washington and Chicago, when they say they are exhausting every option possible, I genuinely believe that. Because the one thing that I feel like fans lose sight of, and I always say it here, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation when it comes to team building, when it comes to the quarterback position. It's just not. Chicago, with two picks in the top 10, and a quarterback that a lot of people around the National Football League are pretty high on, I think they control the NFL draft. But I think with the number two overall pick, Washington's got a ton of leverage as well. And we heard that uh, Ian Rappaport cut that came out yesterday about Washington, as I said, keeping all options open, including the possibility of trading back from that number two overall pick. And I know that would frustrate the hell out of a lot of the fan base. But just know the decision makers in Washington, the decision makers currently in place in Washington, hell of a lot better than what we've had in years past, which is why I'm blindly trusting Adam Peters and company. You can say it's stupid. You can say it's dumb. I can care less. Until they prove otherwise, I'm going to trust the track record of the guys making decisions. One of the new decision makers in Washington is new head coach, Dan Quinn. And everything you heard about Dan Quinn after he got the Washington job was that he is a guy that comes in and can completely set and establish a culture. I was watching the NFL Network yesterday, and Ian Rappaport says he doesn't think Dan Quinn's ever had a bad day. Well, I'll tell you what, when you're doing as much media as Dan Quinn does, it becomes pretty difficult to try to continue to keep that poker face on and not divulge what you're actually going to do in the draft. Give a ton of credit to the junkies this morning. Brilliant idea, because Dan Quinn's done a bunch of different interviews. The junkies decided this morning, you know what? Let's play a little bit of word association with the new head coach of the Washington Commanders, Dan Quinn. Coach Quinn, first let me say we really appreciate all the time you're giving us. <laughs> Thank I you. wanted to see if you're willing to do a quick word association with us, okay? So just first things that pop into your head when I give it, and you don't have to go long on them. Terry McLaurin. Explosive. Jonathan Allen. Dominant. Sam Howell. Tough. Drake May. Athletic. Caleb Williams. <laughs> D.C. No, there you it's go. Jaden Daniels. Game changer. Oh, I like that answer. <laughs> it's <a> good one. <laughs> this is where you can get in a little bit of trouble if you're old DQ. First of all, let's, let's work in reverse order here because if anyone out there is not reading in between the lines on these answers, what are you doing, people? He's giving it to you. These are natural. First of all, let's just let's use our, our, our common sense here. 6.30 in the morning when he was all doing this interview, people. 6.30 in the morning. So if you don't think that the truth is coming out of Dan Quinn at 6.30 in the morning, I don't care if it's a radio interview. You got to pay attention to some of the descriptors that he gave. I want to start with Drake May. Sorry, athletic? Isn't that a prerequisite to be a football player in the NFL? To be athletic? 
So I automatically said, yeah, doesn't seem like Drake May's coming here. Sam Howell, he goes with tough. And notice it wasn't just tough. It was tough. So one thing you continue to hear Adam Peters and Dan Quinn say about Sam Howell. And I saw someone tweet earlier, and it kind of gave me a little bit of a chuckle. If the best attribute your quarterback has is his toughness, probably not a good quarterback. And I was like, whoa, I can see why you'd say that, but oh, pump the brakes. It's just a good compliment for a football player. You want to be tough at the quarterback position. Caleb Williams, he says, D.C. Hmm, interesting. Then he goes Jaden Daniels. And if you noticed, there was a little bit of pause in what Dan Quinn had to say. He was going to say game manager, I felt. But he ends up saying game changer. And that, that gets your boy's attention. That gets your boy's attention. Now, a little bit later on in the program, I was joined by Charlie Campbell of AlterFootball.com, and he had a pretty interesting nugget about what he's hearing about Washington's preference at the quarterback position, but color me silly, but after hearing Dan Quinn's word association this morning on the Sports Junkies, seems more likely than not that Jaden Daniels is maybe the guy. I don't know. This is what we've been tossing around, and this is what we will continue to toss around from now until April. But you can bet your bottom dollar. He didn't use the phrase game changer for no reason. That's a hell of a descriptor for a quarterback that you're not interested in. I, I, I always keep laughing at the Drake May thing. People are going to say, well, no, you're just trying to pile on Drake May. I'm not trying to pile on Drake May. Do I want Drake May as the quarterback here in Washington? Probably not. It's probably just not my cup of tea. He's not for me. But if they do draft him, like I said, I would be A-OK with it. But when you have one word to describe a National Football League prospect and the best you can come up with is athletic, I, I don't know, DQ. I'm reading the tea leaves on that one. I'm reading the tea leaves on that one. It feels like they probably already have a, a, a scent an idea of which way they want to go. But these meetings that I mentioned they're having down there in Indy are going to be so vital in that final decision that they ultimately end up making. So vital. Especially, like I said, for a guy like Caleb Williams. And I think it'll be equally as vital for a guy like Jaden Daniels. Because the one thing you hear about Jaden and all of these quarterback prospects, if you ask Kurt Warner... Are they running NFL concepts at the collegiate level that will easily translate? How will they fare on the whiteboard? All of that stuff matters here. It's Jaden Daniels season, baby. That's what I get from the word association that Dan Quinn played uh, this morning from the sports junkies. I, I just, whichever way they ultimately go, I keep saying it. I'll be okay with it. But here's the preference list up to date from your boy at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. My number one preference still to this day is do what it takes to go get Caleb Williams if you think he's the best quarterback in the class. If you don't think Caleb's the best quarterback in the class, you better love Drake May or Jaden Daniels to take them at two. If not, I'm okay with a little bit of a trade back. I'm okay with them shuffling the deck a little bit when it comes to the capital and assets that they have within the top 100. But my one prereq, the one thing that they must do just from a contractual standpoint, you can't wait 
until after the first round to try to get a young quarterback because you want that fifth-year control. As I mentioned, we've gotten a lot of news and nuggets on what Washington's looking to do or maybe thinking about doing uh, at the quarterback position. I was joined by Charlie Campbell, lead draft analyst for WalterFootball.com. It's a very interesting thoughts on what Washington's preference is at the quarterback position. We'll play that for you next here on The Fan. Welcome back. It's overtime. We're on 106.7 The Fan. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey apps. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio. Quick news and note here. We knew that uh, at about five minutes from now, the vote on the RFK lease bill uh, is expected to be completed. They need 288 votes for it to pass. Now, if the legislation is passed as expected, it would move uh, that decision to the Senate where there doesn't seem to be uh, much opposition at this point in time. So we could be getting a hell of a lot closer uh, to a possible Washington Commander Stadium at the RFK site uh, in D.C. And I know Jason Wright joined Grant and Danny earlier today and talked about the prospect of playing at FedEx past the 2027 season not if D.C. has anything to say about it. The one thing I would say about the stadium talk and why you aren't hearing uh, Josh Harris or, you know, Jason Wright speaking absolutes when it comes to where the next stadium will be, you got to politic for that money, baby. The DMV, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia all are going to be flaunting and throwing themselves at you to want you to put that stadium in their jurisdiction. So if you're Josh Harris, if you're Jason Wright, it is smart of you. Go, you know, eh, we're cooling right now. We don't have a big-time decision to make yet, but we're starting to look into it. We'll get you the results of that vote as they become available to us. But as I said, uh, it is expected uh, that legislation will pass on the RFK Stadium bill, and that would uh, that'd be interesting. If you've been tapped into me all summer long when it comes to the Josh Harris ownership group, and the new stadium that could potentially be at RFK, Metal Chris and all the old heads out there. Sorry, you're going to hate me for this. I can give a rat you-know-what about you trying to relive uh, the glory years and having the, the, the commanders play at RFK. Not if it's going to come on the dime of the taxpayers at EC. It's just my thought process. There are a lot of hot-button issues that plague this city. We don't have the money to be giving out public funding for a stadium. Not when you have 21 damn limited partners at your disposal. You don't get my money. It's just the way I look at it. But we'll discuss that a little bit later on in the show as we get a final concrete answer on the vote. Uh, right now, though, I want to continue to talk quarterback. As we mentioned, Dan Quinn, Adam Peters in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. They've met with Jaden Daniels. They will be meeting with Caleb Williams, uh, the D.C. native, tonight. Haven't heard any whispers about them meeting with Drake May yet. Maybe for good reason. Charlie Campbell, lead draft analyst for WalterFootball.com, had this to say about Washington's preference at the quarterback position. Yeah, exactly. And I know some, you know, I think the media has it a bit more uh, consensus than teams do because I know some teams that like, uh, Daniels and May more than Williams. Wow. I know some teams that like Williams more than those guys. So it it varies, and some teams 
uh, felt that last year Williams' deep ball accuracy wasn't as good. They didn't like some of the tape, like, say, the Notre Dame game, for example. Uh, And so I think that just given the personality concerns as well and, you know, prima donna stuff and family things, all that stuff kind of, I think can bubble up during the draft process as well, where uh, when they do the interviews and all that, you can see teams kind of switch the order of these guys. So uh, I definitely think it's fluid. It's ongoing. uh, And it wouldn't shock me if if the bears uh, or Washington ended up preferring one of the others. I do think Washington likes, uh, Williams and Daniels more than May, but it's still and that's early. Just, and that's just based and, off and a lot can change. And that's just based on conversations you've had about. Just based on conversations he's had about. No, that's Charlie Campbell, lead draft analyst for WalterFootball.com, spewing the gospel. Washington, according to his sources, prefers Williams and Jaden Daniels to Drake May. Now, I'm going to go scour the web here real quick, but I do not think as of yet that there is a scheduled meeting with Drake May and the commanders. That hasn't been reported, haven't seen it yet, but we do know uh, that Washington has a meeting set up with USC quarterback Caleb Williams tonight. Aha. So this is 20 minutes ago via Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Drake May, UNC quarterback, also formally meeting with the Washington Commanders today. And that, look, we expected that it'd be ludicrous if they didn't meet with all the top quarterback prospects, considering how QB needy they are. But when you hear Charlie Campbell, and then you hear, you know, what the Word Association brought this morning with Dan Quinn using the word athletic to describe UNC quarterback Drake May, It gets me thinking, man, which way are they really leaning when it comes to quarterback? Now, the discussion in the in the national media, excuse me, continues to be, well, who will they take it to if they don't decide to trade up for one Caleb Williams? Mock draft 2.0 came out this morning from senior draft analyst for ESPN, Mel Kuyper Jr. He projected Jaden Daniels, the LSU Heisman Trophy winner. To the Washington Commanders. Now, if this was my football team, if this was my decision to make, like I continue to say, I would do what it takes to go up and get Caleb Williams. But if you don't want to part ways with draft capital, if you want to stay put at two and take a guy, for my money, it would be Jaden Daniels. It just would be. And there's one specific reason why. I look at the flaws that Drake May has coming out. Footwork issues. Some call him a one-read quarterback. Very erratic with his accuracy. I think Jaden Daniels, because of his ability to make plays with his legs, and because he's that dynamic as a runner, I think he is in a better position to hit the ground running as an NFL quarterback in comparison to Drake May. Drake May, to me, is a guy that has to be in the ideal circumstance for him to have success right away. And and look, you could say that about every quarterback coming out, especially if you listen to me. I'm a big proponent of fit 
being the most important thing at quarterback when it comes to those guys having success at the next level. Fit matters. For Jaden Daniels, I don't think fit matters as much because of what he can do on the ground. And I know you guys are going to say, well, oh, Linnell, Drake May is a good runner too, right? Drake May's got the ability to make plays off schedule. It's different, ladies and gentlemen, when you're doing it in the SEC. It's different. It's different when you do it to the level that you're a Heisman Trophy winner. It's no slight to Drake May at all. I think he's going to end up being a darn good quarterback. Just don't ask Merrill Hodge. You get what I'm saying, though? When it comes to those two cats, feels like Jaden is the one that's tailor-made to hit the ground running, but we will ultimately see the decision that the commanders make. Like I said, a bevy of different ways they could ultimately go. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we can start to line up your calls as well. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I want to take your calls on this. Would you be upset if Washington ultimately trades out of that number two overall pick? When we come back, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network raised the question of whether or not Washington will trade that number two overall pick. All that more next here on The Fan. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor list of lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. It's the youngest in charge with Liddell Willingham taking up the 10 o'clock here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. Coming up in about 45 minutes or so, our pal David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, is set to join us live from out in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. who will give us the latest on Washington's uh, reported visits that they're having with prospects. Now, there are a couple on there that are on this prospect list that make me raise my eyebrows, raise my antennas a little bit as to what their true intentions will be uh, with that number two overall pick. But we'll get to all that and more top of the 8 o'clock hour when our pal David Harrison is set to join the program. I want to continue to emphasize the point of, one, anything is possible here this offseason when it comes to the quarterback position. And two, whatever they end up doing, I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to be okay with it. Wow. This is breaking news. Anything? This is via anything. This is via Mark Ein, one of the managing partners of the Washington Commanders, in an incredible bipartisan landslide of support, 347 votes to 53 for the bill to give the RFK site back to the district. Okay. I hear it. It's probably going to make it on the Senate floor, or after this vote, it now moves to the Senate floor, and it's probably going to get voted through. You can call me a hater. You can call me a contrarian. You can call me a stupid young kid. If Josh Harris and these 21 billionaires ask for a damn dime, from D.C. and taxpayer dollars to try and build this stadium? It's the first red flag of the Josh Harris era for your boy. And I love Josh Harris. I love everything that they've done to this point. I love the passion that he speaks with when he talks about trying to make this organization a great franchise, a pillar franchise once again. I love all of that. The product on the field always, 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 always has been far more important than a damn name, 
or where they ultimately play at. Because let's be honest with you. They sold out every last home game this past year at Commander's Field. I can't even call it FedEx anymore. At Commander's Field. So the fan support is there. People will go to Landover to watch games. It's not like you're asking them to, to complete Mission Impossible. Of the three jurisdictions that are going to be lobbying to have this stadium in their backyard, talking about D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, anyone with a damn brain would understand D.C. is in a way worse off position than Maryland and Virginia when it comes to being able to push out taxpayer public-funded dollars. That's just what it is. I understand the nostalgia of, of RFK. I understand... You know, what RFK and the days of playing there are synonymous with. I understand all of that. But you got 21 limited partners. So you better be coming out of pocket to build this sports and entertainment Taj Mahal. This is the other thing that gets me. Realistically speaking, and I know we're off on a stadium tangent now all of a sudden, but realistically speaking, can D.C. Can the land that they're being provided in D.C., is that big enough to build the sports and entertainment Taj Mahal that Josh Harris and company are trying to build? Let's remember, let's remember what, they're, what they're getting ready to break ground on and what they want to break ground on. This is, not, this is not just a football stadium. This is a sports and entertainment venue. You want the opportunity to host the Final Four? You want the opportunity to potentially host the college football playoff? You want to be able to host the Olympics? There's all types of things that you want to be able to host at that thing. WrestleMania? Just saying. Doesn't it feel like Maryland and Virginia have more land to offer? Have better place to be? I don't know. We'll get into the stadium talk hot and heavy. Probably in the top of this 9 o'clock hour, we'll revisit things. But right now, I want to continue to or start to take your calls here on quarterback. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. It feels like here within the last 48 hours or so, we're starting to really get breadcrumbs dropped on us that Washington may not be locked into that number two overall pick. And I know the new GM in Washington, Adam Peters, joined Grant and Danny, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, talking about, yeah, everything's on the table when it comes to that number two overall pick. So you heard it from the horse's mouth. Why don't you hear from ESPN's, or excuse me, from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, who had this to say about Washington's potential options uh, at the number two overall pick. It certainly does seem, I would say, likely that the Bears stay at number one, select Caleb Williams, move on from there with their franchise quarterback, then end up dealing Justin Fields at some point. But that is not the only big-time potential quarterback question. Two and three, which is the Commanders and the Patriots, both are potential trade spots. And look, could they take a franchise quarterback? Absolutely. You have Drake May there, you have Jaden Daniels, both of these guys viewed as long-term franchise-altering starting quarterbacks. That's not really the question. The question is, do the Commanders and do the Patriots, kind of in a similar boat, do they feel they are a quarterback away? Do they feel like this is a franchise guy they absolutely have to take and they build around them for the next 10 years? Or would they rather have the draft capital give the quarterback to somewhere else? Maybe it's 
Giants, maybe it's the Raiders, maybe it's the Falcons. There's going to be plenty of quarterback needy teams who are going to want to come up two or want to come up to three. Which is better value for these two teams, which do not seem to be close to competing? Is it the draft picks or is it the franchise quarterback? That is the kind of decision that will stay with these organizations for the next 10 or 15 years. And that is what is in their hands right now over the next two months looking toward the draft. Central Network's Ian Rappaport telling you the news that a lot of Commanders fans out there don't want to believe is possible. And it's not just Commanders fans. I heard Sam Fortier earlier going off on it. I know Grant has been adamant against the idea. Look, first of all, I, I, I can't stand, and maybe I'm unfair for this, I don't like this idea of questioning what Adam Peters and company are doing. Because we begged for Adam Peters and company to be here. So now it's always been my mindset that you trust the process. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. You know what I keep saying. But when Ian Rappaport says something like this, I I pay attention. Because I understand, like I continue to say, that addressing quarterback this offseason, there isn't one singular way to do it. And the idea of trading back in this draft class in particular, where it's a super deep class in terms of one of some of your biggest positions of need, offensive tackle, there's some good edge rush prospects, wide receiver is a big-time need that I feel like fans out there are kind of omitting here. If, if there's any reason to trade back from that number two overall pick, just look history, ladies and gentlemen. Think about the dialogue and the narratives surrounding this draft class, specifically the three guys at the top talking about Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. What do you keep hearing? These are all three franchise-altering quarterbacks. These are three quarterbacks that are able to come in and hit the ground running and potentially change the outlook and trajectory of your franchise. See, I would be 100% bought into that if I was born yesterday, right? I would be 100% bought into that if I had never seen the way draft prospects play out in the National Football League. I keep bringing you all back, and it's not that long ago. I keep bringing you back to the 2021 draft. What was the narrative surrounding the top three guys? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Oh, can't miss prospects. Oh. These guys are going to change their franchise. Oh, the New York Jets will be in great hands moving forward. Oh, the San Francisco 49ers have finally found their quarterback in the future. How did that end up? Where is Zach Wilson right now? Oh, I know where Zach Wilson is right now. He's on the phone with his agent trying to find a trade partner with the New York Jets. We were licking him like an ice cream cone coming out of BYU the same way we're talking about Drake May, the same way we're talking about Jaden Daniels. So for all of you nitwits out there who think that this draft process is foolproof, is bust-proof, grow the hell up. Wake the hell up. Understand what we're dealing with here. This is why I'm willing to exhaust every option possible. I'm not going to turn my nose up to a rumor that Washington wants to trade back because guess what? I guarantee you the New York Jets, they wish they traded back back in 2021. I guarantee you. Uh, 
Kyle and the Niners wish they traded back back in 2021. Hell, we could even go as far as to talk about the Chicago Bears who picked Justin Fields with pick number 11. They're probably feeling like they should have traded back. It's so crazy because how quickly we ultimately forget. The same, if you, you go back and you pull up the draft profiles from 2021, they said the same thing that they're saying about these guys. We had five first-round quarterbacks. Five. We're getting ready to have the first three guys be first-rounders, and we're probably going to have five quarterbacks in this class, yet you all want me to believe that all these guys are foolproof? That trading back is some type of idiot move? Okay. Okay. Have it your way. But I got receipts. I'm keeping the receipts. I'm keeping the receipts. Because the same people who are going to, you know, bitch and moan about them potentially trading back, okay. If the young quarterback comes in here and fails, I'm going to be pointing right at you. Let's go to the phones on this, though, because I want to hear your opinion. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. How would you feel if, after vetting all of these quarterback prospects, Adam Peters and company decide, you know what? Trading back from number two, that's the best move for this franchise. How would it make you feel? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Your call's next here on The Fan. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. We're talking quarterbacks here tonight on Overtime. The Burgundy and Golden, their brain trust out in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. And we're starting to hear a lot of rumbling, a lot of whispers about what they ultimately will do come April in the draft of that number two overall pick. A bevy of different ways they could go. We know the need that they have that they have at the quarterback position, but we also know the needs that they have Throughout the rest of the roster. I'll see you all on the line. Keep calling. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Before we get out to these calls real quick, I want to play you Adam Peters yesterday at the podium talking about Washington's decision that they're going to have to make at that quarterback position. Really, Cliff and I haven't talked too much specifically on him. We really just talked about quarterback play in general um, and what he looks for in quarterbacks and how we can find that right fit for him if that's what we're going to do. And certainly that hasn't been decided yet by any stretch of the imagination. We still have a lot of work to do. What we're going to do, uh, whether it's that pick or later, uh, we really like what we have in Sam right now. So we're really excited about that too. I had a uh, they're great. It's funny. I learned this from John Lynch. When you're sitting in your office all day, you kind of just get in this rut where you're just like it's dark. You've got all these weird lights and you need to get out. So Sam came to the, the facility a couple weeks ago and got a chance to hang out. And instead of sitting in my office, we just took a walk, took a walk around uh, uh, Commander's Park and uh, around the fields and got to know him a little bit better. So I feel really good about him, too. So um, we got a lot of different things we can do, but still really excited about him. Tad and Peters pretty much telling you, hey, everything is on the table right now for us. Everything. And I love that he said that. Because he could be lying. could be lying right through his teeth. But that's the answer I wanted to hear. Honestly, I wanted to hear the answer selfishly for my own personal gain. Because I'm so frustrated at my colleagues, the fans, everyone, for acting like there's only one way you can address this thing. Like I have said 
all offseason long. You must have an unwavering belief about one of these guys to take them with the number two overall pick. And while we continue to praise this collaborative process that they're allegedly going through, it's all good to be collaborative, but at the end of the day, someone's got to put their name on a franchise-altering decision. And I guarantee you, with this being their first major decision, they're going to leave no stone unturned. They're going to make sure they absolutely have it right before they decide to pull the trigger on a deal. So to me, one of the options that are on the table is them trading out of that number two overall pick. And Adam kind of alluded to it. If that's the way we decide to go. If that's what Cliff wants. A lot of ifs being thrown around. And I understand it's lying season. It's the combine. They don't want to tip their hand. So they're going to speak in generalities. But man, you can't sit there and tell me that you'd be willing to turn your nose up at them trading the number two pick. Because you know what that would mean? All them trading the number two overall pick would mean is that they don't love the two quarterbacks that are taken after the first overall pick. How can you be upset with that? And I keep pointing back to that 2021 class. Five. Five quarterbacks taken within the first round. How many of them do you think are going to be the team starter next year? One. One. It is not very likely that Washington's going to select a quarterback that ends up being a franchise-altering talent. That's the way the draft goes. As Ian Rappaport started to lay out, it makes a lot of sense. If you don't feel like your roster is a quarterback away, or if you feel like you putting a young quarterback in this situation it w- wouldn't be you know, helpful for the young cat, why do it? Why do it? At the end of the day, if they don't choose to go quarterback at number two, it's not because they're dumb. It's not because they don't know what the hell they're doing. It's because they don't love any of the guys available there at that number two overall pick. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. What would be your feeling? How would you react if Washington ultimately traded the number two overall pick? Mike is in McLean. What's going on, Mike? Hey, man, I don't actually uh, disagree with you. But if I were to disagree with you and say you have to draft it now, the reason would be because you've got to take your shot when you have your shot. If you trade back, you're going to improve your team a lot, and it's going to be a long time before you have the chance to draft that high again and draft the generational quarterback. Now, the reason I, dis- the reason I agree with you is because Trent Delfer won a Super Bowl. Right. If you're improving your team, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to trade back with Atlanta, get that tight end that hasn't worked out for them, and maybe a first-round pick from them next year. And, and and work from there. We need a tight end. Yeah. Um, I'll, tell you it, what, I'll tell you what, Mike. The, the, the capital yeah. to move from eight to two for Atlanta is going to cost a hell of a lot more than Kyle Pitts in a first. So you're, you're being modest there. And great. <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever you can get and build a team with the rest of the draft. Um, I, I think Sam Howell's capable of winning winning, winning a Super Bowl. Oh, oh, Bill Fart, oh, oh. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Phil Sims won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Trent Dilfer, Hostletter. I mean, Brock Purdy just played a good in the team, damn Super You can Bowl. win a Super Bowl. Come on. I hear what you're saying, Mike. I appreciate the call. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Mike brings up the point of, look, there are other teams out there in the National Football League 
that have won without a first-round quarterback. And it actually happens a hell of a lot more than you realize. Jalen Hurts last year, the last two runner-ups in the Super Bowl were not first-round quarterbacks. Did their teams lose because they weren't first-round quarterbacks? Or did their teams lose because the rest of the roster wasn't good enough? You see what I'm saying here? Look at the track record throughout history. Look at the National Football League. You don't have to have a first-round quarterback to have success. And this is the thing that I keep going back to. Look at the track record of the men that are in charge, people. Adam Peters has seen it done all three ways. His first move when he got to San Francisco, let me go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me go get Jimmy G. His second, one of his second moves when he got to San Francisco, they traded up for Trey Lance. And then this past year, they take Brock Purdy and he ends up in a Super Bowl. So clearly, there is more than one way to do this thing, people. There just is. I understand the first round quarterback, some people may say, gives you the best chance. But at the end of the day, I want to keep harping on it's not a one size fits all situation. You can do it a bevy of different ways. And if you're Washington, maybe you got to go outside of the box because let's look at the track record of their last first-round quarterbacks. Hadn't been good, but that shouldn't stop you from making the decision. I get that. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. If Washington ultimately decides to move off of that number two overall pick, what will be your reaction? You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. If the Washington Commanders shock the world, because I think it'd be a shock, if they choose to move off of that number two overall pick, what would be your reaction? Your call's next here on the fan. 